You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. going on everybody welcome welcome into the overreaction buffalo sports show brought to you by the market dominator on the buffalo rumblings vodcast network i am your host i'm the voice of the overreaction buffalo sports show my name is joe miller and you can find me on twitter as always at joe miller wired it's so good to see everybody piling into the chat richard rush is here jessica tennis amanda davy what's going on uh tia stell's in the room jr what's going on the pullout king haven't seen you in a minute it's good to see you buddy let's go buffalo elliot eisler elliot has been a regular recently elliot must not be out gigging somewhere currently good to see you buddy mcnizzle welcome to the program karen idzik and i think that's everybody that's said hello so far so good to have every single one of you joining me and everybody that is uh listening to me in podcast form i also want to welcome all of you, uh, which there's tons and tons of people that download this thing during the week, which is awesome and great. And it'd be really even more greater, better, more great, greater -er if you joined me live sometime on a Sunday evening. Brandon Altman, welcome to the show. Willie Diaz, welcome to the show. Good to have both of you guys with us. And like we always say here on the Overreaction Buffalo Sports Show, soon to be the overreaction Buffalo post game show as soon as this NFL season kicks off, which we'll talk about here in a moment, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your AirPods in on the drive to work, or maybe just maybe watching me right now, live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, one of the above. Let me just say one more time. Welcome. I got to hang out with uh TSL a little bit today who is up here in the room. Uh, I already kind of uh, welcomed her. She says, hey, y'all. We got to have a good chat. We talked about a lot of things. We talked about uh, podcasting, and we talked about just content creation and just being friends and how and when all these things like got started and connections and just really cool stuff. We were actually hanging out at the Grills Mafia event and I don't know who it was put on by. So I know that Iman kind of organized the whole thing. Obviously, Buffalo Freddy was there. Uh, Drew from Rock Power Report was there. The uh, Bill's Helmet Bar uh, guys were there. There was a lot of different people there as far as Bill's Mafia members. Reed Ferguson was in the house. Um, and Reed Ferguson, and I actually have my Girls Mafia shirt on. Reed is, I think, the founder or the creator of the hashtag or the title Grills Mafia. 
uh, and I actually got to, to buy myself a shirt. Uh, but uh, it was a lot of fun. It was very cool just to kind of connect. Uh, it was it was great. It's it's one of those things that I've talked about, and T and I talked about it at kind of at length today. You know, there's there's a lot of people that talk about Twitter and they talk about uh, how superficial the relationships are, uh, how none of them are real relationships, how you could be Twitter friends with somebody, or how people have have become quote unquote Twitter friends with somebody and then met them real life, and it was very kind of awkward and strange and was very surface level and didn't amount to anything. And I'll be honest with you. For all intents and purposes, that has not really been my experience at all. Hang on a second. Uh, Buffalo Freddy is actually texting me. He's dropping some ribs off at my house because the, gr <laughs> the Grills Mafia thing is just now ending, and he's he's bringing some ribs by. Uh, so I'm going to tell him, ring the doorbell, dude. Uh, doorbell, dude. I'm telling him to, to, to ring the doorbell. Um, but uh, my experience, and, and T, T was kind of agreeing, our experience with the Twitter thing hasn't been such. You know, in a world that's post-COVID, um, in a world that, you know, that 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 right now is, uh, for us anyways, you know, in our sphere as Bill's Mafia, a world where our football team is really, really good. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of just camaraderie where, you know, the bandwagon has definitely, I would say, gotten bigger, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, But my Twitter connection coming, so this show started, everything changed for me in 2019 when I, when I started the show. So I've been a season ticket holder, as you all know, for a very long time. And I just went to games. I was not a tailgater. It's not something that I did. Uh, it's not something that I grew up doing. Tailgating is one of those things that I think either you grow up with the family doing or something that you see and you want to do a lot of, or you go several times. And then that's something that you kind of become a part of. That's just not the culture that I was raised with. We went to the football game. We left my dad's house in Hamburg, usually around 12, 12, 15. That's not a lie. Because by then, if you're coming from specifically the West, Hamburg to, to Orchard Park, there's zero traffic. You drive up, you take a left onto one of the, the private house lots right there on Southwestern Park, walk in the stadium, watch a football game. We would walk out. We'd be home after the football game in about 20 minutes. Once we got to seven corners, which I now think is four, technically, which is even weirder to think about that I grew up with seven corners my whole life, and now it's four. But once you got past that point, it was a clear, smooth sail all the way to Hamburg, like down to Amsdale Road where my dad used to live. Um, I didn't grow up with it. So 2019 happens and this show starts and I meet people like Tia Stell. I meet people like Jay Spence, the King and you know, Jay Spence, the King and I met uh, through Twitter, went to lunch and dragged him onto my podcast. And lo and behold, the dude's got his own show and he's, he's got spots on WGR 55 now. And he's verified and like talking to all kinds of crazy famous people on his show. It's, it's amazing to be, to see, and amazing to kind of be a part of. And T. Estelle, same thing, was one of my first listeners. She was one of the first people I connected with. Pam Adana, one of the first people I've connected with. When I think about Kristen Kimmick, and I think about all the Bills Mafia babes, and Leslie, and I think about Dell, and I think about content creators, Joe Marino, uh, uh, Bruce Nolan, and all these people. Like, I've made uh, Sterling Furrow. I've made Colt Schroeder. I've made some crazy, super good, solid relationships. John Fina. Reed Ferguson at this point is a friend of mine because of Twitter and this podcasting thing and all this craziness. So I would say this, I think there's an aspect of you got, you get out of, and I don't know why I'm talking about this probably because T and I were talking about it today. You get out of everything in life, what you put into it. And I think it's pretty easy, even on something that's, we'll call it surfacey, 
even on something surfacey like Twitter, it's easy to spot a fraud, in my opinion. Very, very easy to spot a fraud. And whether I've been lucky or I just don't necessarily connect with people that are frauds, I've been extremely lucky and I've missed people when I was just like, there's people, there's people in the chat. Amanda is another one. There's people in this chat right now that I've like become friends with as I'm scrolling back through because there's no way I can remember everybody. Um, Richard Rush is another one that I, that I've become friends with. Uh, whether I'm lucky or it just works out the way that it does, it seems like every person that I've met that's a member of Bill's Mafia is 100% solid, awesome, and basically somebody that I consider at this point a friend. And that might be weird to people, but it's not. And I would encourage you, every single person that can hear my voice, every single person that I can, that can hear my voice, if, if you are looking for that connection, if you are looking for interaction, if you're looking to share this wonderful Bill's Mafia experience with other people, do yourself a favor and connect yourself to some groups like the ones that were down at the Gallagher Pier today on the beautiful Buffalo waterfront that is completely underdeveloped. <laughs> That's a conversation for another day. But it's it's been it's been great for me. And the funny thing is it all changed in 2019 and it's all kind of, you know, accelerated because of COVID. COVID ended in last year for home opener week like it was crazy the amount of people that I met and people that wanted to get out and have conversations and meet each other. And, and the amount of people that I'm Anthony, uh, Poncho's army, the, the amount of people that I'm missing Joe Kroom, like th there's tons and tons and tons of people that I'm missing, uh, that have become friends of mine, all the people in the Kruth mafia house, which is a private chat that I'm in with a whole bunch of other Bill members of bills mafia. It's been, it's been a riot and a blast. And I would encourage everybody, um, especially if you're on Twitter to begin to seek out the real people, to begin to seek out the non-servicey people, to begin to seek out, conversations that are not politics and that are not you know social justice related that begin to look for friends because this life is hard enough i'm like at a jay spence moment right here right now like a jay spence monologue where i'm like encouraging and building everybody up Th this life is hard enough and we were never intended or never meant to do any of this alone like we just weren't <laughs> you are you are meant to go through life with friends and I'm an introvert just so everybody knows. And that's probably super duper hard for a lot of people to believe like, Whoa, wait a second, Joe, you're an introvert. I am an introvert. Uh, I'm a high functioning introvert, but that's why I'm absolutely 1000% in love with my new job where I get out of the shower in the morning. I put my pajamas back on. I go on my back porch and I start working <laughs> by myself. Uh, I'm an introvert. Um, however, even I, as an introvert, still need connection. I need friends. I need people. And I'm just super thankful for... So anybody that I've mentioned, anybody that I have not mentioned, <clears throat> super thankful for all of you and thankful for just the relationships. And I am beyond excited for this summer. I'm beyond excited for this season. And even when I say that, I'm going to say it to everybody again. And it was funny because I saw Amanda tweet it. Uh, she tweeted, I think she tweeted, she put it on the show the other, uh, the other day. I'm not going to wish my summer away. So that that's the uh, friend to friend. We are not going to wish our summer away. We are going to enjoy the end of June after mini camp. I saw that question. I'll get there in a second. We're going to enjoy, enjoy mini camp and the end of June. We're going to enjoy all of July. 
and then football starts. That wasn't really a rant, but rant over. Richard Rush comes in and he says, uh, Joe is as great a guy as you can meet. Rich, uh, right back at you, bro. So somebody asked a question. We're going to talk about it here in a second. Uh, when does mandatory mini camp start? So it starts Tuesday and it ends on Thursday. We're going to, we're going to talk quite a bit about it. Um, just to answer that question, it was up there early. And then everybody basically jets out of town on Friday. All the players are gone. Want to wrap up the, the grills mafia event because I did not intend to kind of rabbit trail as much as I did. So it was put on by, I believe Iman, uh, who's the Q42 guy who is awesome. And so is his wife. Uh, good time. It was great food. I wish all of you had come. There's going to be more of these. And we kind of are hoping to, and I say we because I was having some decent conversations. And if I can be a part of it and somehow we can tie this to a charity, uh, and Reed was all for it as well, we want to expand the event. I don't know what that means, but stay tuned because we're going to do something hopefully bigger next year. Um, I know there's some other out ideas out there floating around for something similar to this. It would just be very, very cool to kind of do one of these precursor events based around food because we all know how we are in Buffalo with our food, and the food was banging. I had, dude, Smoker Freddy, he made me the best sandwich I've ever eaten, and it may have changed my life. It was the best sandwich I have ever eaten. It was a pastrami sandwich, and I didn't before that know that I liked pastrami as as much as i apparently do it was unreal so unfortunately you know put it on your calendar for next year there's not a date yet just put it someplace where it's going to remind you like give yourself a reminder in march or april bling come up on your phone hey check in on the girls mafia event is there going to be one just to remind you because you're going to want to go we're going to try to go bigger and better it's going to be awesome hopefully uh also put on your calendar for things that are coming up do not forget home opener week the homecoming event uh that uh that that, that that's put on by cold front report and all the parties that are gonna be that week great time to meet bill's mafia great time to just be together super 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 awesome real quick before i throw us over to a quick commercial don't forget on whatever platform you are watching or listening to like and subscribe this is also a recording a live recording of a podcast so if you want to get my attention please do me a favor, super chat me. Um, it is not a money grub for me. It's just literally super duper hard for me to do this, stay in my notes, stay in my outline, I should say, and then like pay attention to comments at the same time. Uh, my brain doesn't work too well that way because I kind of get locked in and I don't want to get off track, yada, yada, yada. But if you, if you super chat me on YouTube, I will absolutely uh, respond to your super chat and answer your question or respond to your comment. With that, let's do this. So real quick before we get into kind of the uh, the content of the day, which is going to be all mandatory minicamp for the rest of the show, uh, let's hear from the main sponsor of our program, John Spazcheck, who is a very, very good friend of mine. He is also on Twitter. Uh, huge Bills fan. Uh, just, yeah, just a one rocking solid dude. This is John Spazcheck, the market dominator. Hello, Buffalo football family. I am the market dominator, John Spaschek, and I am also the proud sponsor of the Overreaction Podcast, hosted by my good friend, Joe Miller. And one of the reasons why I like partnering with Joe is because of his excellence. We take the same approach in real estate. And folks, if you're out there trying to compete in this super competitive market, you're going to need somebody to represent you using the most cutting edge technologies and tools. 
and the artificial intelligence that is available to us to help you win. So just as our beloved football team is out there competing and winning week in and week out, we want to do the same for you. So reach out to us directly, 716-570-3298. We will answer. Go Bills. Go Bills. John is the man. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in this absolutely weird and crazy market that's going on right now, whatever you're trying to do, maximize the opportunity. Go with the team that is right for you. Uh, what is it? It's educate, advocate, negotiate, and dominate. Go with the market dominator team. One more time, that phone, phone number 716-570-3298, 716-570-3298. I can assure you and guarantee you that is John's cell phone number because it's programmed in my phone. And that's the number that comes up when he calls me and I call him. Well, that's not true. It says John's fast check, but you know what I'm saying? It's in his contact. So all that to say this. So back on topic and the topic for this episode as we are pressing further into the summer, or I should say it's, it's about to be summer, and then we're going to press further into the summer and press into the beginning of the season. Uh, mandatory minicamp, we've already talked about it, begins this week on Tuesday for the Buffalo Bills and goes through Thursday. Points of interest, things that we're going to be talking about, things that you're probably going to see reported by you know, the likes of uh, Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot and all those guys. Um, I've got some things I want to talk about a little bit. One of the things that's interesting to me is going to be the wide receiver room. We it's it's I think it's based a lot of times on just the type of practice the Buffalo Bills can do, um, meaning that they usually you can't have contact or not in full pads. So a lot of times it seems like the the reporters focus a lot on two people. Number one, Josh Allen, how he's throwing the ball, the other quarterbacks, how they're throwing the ball, that position, if you will. And then they're usually pretty locked in on the wide receivers because the wide receivers, you know, they get a lot of, you know, airtime, you know, when it comes to that type of stuff. It's it's hard to see what the running back could have, would have done, mainly because they're not tackling people to the ground. It's hard to see the lines, what they're doing. It's hard to see the defensive backs because they can't really tackle to the ground. They can't do anything. So there's there's two positions that really flash. And can I just, I, I think I need to just break down for a second and say, it's amazing to no longer be anxious to read OTA reports and practice reports and going into mini camp week anxious about what we're going to hear about our quarterback. Do you, do you follow me on that? <laughs> it's it's I think I read a report last week that was talking about Josh Allen was, you know, obviously back from the match and yada 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 or maybe it was 2 weeks ago and was throwing accurate darts like his usual self. I think it was the report that I read and I was like, "Oh, how far we've come, <laughs> how far we've come to quarterback competitions, to are you a Losman guy? Are you an Edwards guy? Are you a Fitz guy? Are you a this guy? Are you a that guy? Craig Nall got, Craig Nall got in there for a while. You're a Craig Nall guy. Like, oh my gosh, all the quarterbacks that have come through. And if, if, if I was really squirrely, I would break down and, and Google all the quarterbacks that have played since Jim Kelly It's just not worth our time and effort. But how far we have come a solidified bona fide franchise quarterback for the Buffalo bills. But from the wide receiver room, you know, when you're, when you're talking about those guys, then it'll be interesting to see the reports that come out this week because we've got, and we've talked at length about it. And I just want to talk about it one more time before, you know, this is the last time we're going to see these players. 
you know three locks are on this team. Regardless of what crazy, weird social media stuff is out there, there's three locks on this wide receiver squad. Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Jamison Crowder. Those guys are making this football team. There is no question. It It is what it is. Those, those three guys are making that this football team. It just, you, you can't have, you can't argue it. You can't debate it. Could one of them get hurt? Sure. But for all intents and purposes, everything being equal, those three are locks to make this roster. Then you've got a bunch of guys that are fan favorites, guys that we love, guys that we're hoping for, rookies in there, second-year players in there, a dude that just came in, you know, a week or two ago in Tavon Austin, but, you know, Isaiah McKenzie looks to be a lock, right? You got Stevenson from last year, and there were some reports in the last week or two that he's had some drops, and I don't know necessarily how much coaches or you know the 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 staff takes in into account that stuff kind of like during OTAs I think during the games it probably matters a little more you've got a guy like Isaiah Hodgins who you know it's it's not a secret I'm a fan I'm a friend of Isaiah who has been the unfortunate recipient of quite a few of Soft tissue injuries. He had the shoulder injury injury when he came in. Then last year, he, I think he had the knee sprain. And he was just last week, if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw a report where he was off with the trainers working on the sideline last week. And you got you know you got to think for a second that those soft tissue injuries can can really change the direction of a player's career, regardless of how fast they are, how talented they are, how how well they can catch. You need, you need not look any further than Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin came out of, out of college. He was drafted, I think, in the top 10. A pick that the Bills actually traded away. I think he ran like a 4-2-9 or a 4-3, like some crazy number. And battled injuries, soft tissue injuries, the majority of his career. He said it in his, in his, in his press conference last week. So a guy like Isaiah Hodgins, who, if you remember, came into the Buffalo Bills with an insane catch rate at Oregon State, never dropped the football, pretty much, which is something that <laughs> when you when you think about the Buffalo Bills from 2018, and guys on the on the on the team like Zay Jones, who had a 50% drop rate, the Bills are drafting guys three years ago that are sure-handed because of that reason, right? Because 18 and 19 both were years where there was a high percentage of drops. For Josh Allen, which changed and effect affected the story about his rookie year and his second year about how inaccurate he was. I did a, I think one of the first podcasts I ever did in 2019, and then I did it again in 20 was about the drop rate and the percentage rate of drops. And if that number just changes six percent, Josh is in the sixty percent category. And then it's like, what are we really talking about? I'm not, I don't, and I'm not saying that Josh didn't need to improve. He did need to improve, and he has. And he's talked this year at length about improving even over last year and kind of putting the ball a little more out in front of the receivers so that they can get that yak, that yards after catch, which we've heard them talk about quite a bit. But you've got Isaiah McKenzie. You've got Isaiah Hodgins. You've got Tavon Austin, who I am curious, excuse me, if he's here to basically be a punt returner. I'm wondering, like, literally, the, the the curiosity that I have is, is Tavon Austin here to be a punt returner? Because, oddly enough, 
And it was a, it was a huh moment for me. Jay Spencer King and I were on the hump day hotline and he asked me, I don't remember why or off the top of my head right now, because right now I'm literally off my notes. But he asked me, have you watched back the Kansas city game, the playoff game? And I was like, uh. <laughs> he's like, you need to watch it. And we were talking about something completely different. And I was like, well, I've watched the, the Patriots game a bunch of times and I haven't watched it in probably a month, month and a half. So it was Thursday and I was working, pounding away on the laptop working. I was like, I'll just pop the, I'll pop the chiefs game on. So I popped the chiefs game on and, and what do I see? Most important game of the season playoff game chiefs to decide who's going to the AFC championship game. Micah Hyde is returning punts. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I had forgotten that the bills had pretty much given up on anybody that had been fielding punts, not named Micah Hyde to that point. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Micah Hyde receiving punts because he's sure handed. Micah, Micah Hyde is just a freaking man, regardless. I mean, ask him to do anything. Kick coverage. <laughs> Hands team, right? I mean, obviously, he's one of the best safeties in the NFL. Captain of the defense. Micah Hyde's back there, you know, catching punts. And, huh. Okay. Immediately, my mind went to Tavon Austin. Maybe. Maybe this is what's going on. So now you've got Isaiah, Isaiah McKenzie, Isaiah Hodgins, Tavon Austin. You've got Stevenson. You've got Khalil Shakir. You've got touchdown Jesus, Jay Kumaro. I just named six wide receivers after the three that are locks. When generally this team keeps three, six receivers. So it's going to be very interesting to see how, right, this wide receiver room plays out, especially the storylines that are there. Tavon Austin, punt returner, has been relatively productive-ish when he's not injured, has been a, you know, a, a decent punt returner. Khalil Shakir dropping to the fifth round, should have gone way early. I think he was expected to go in the third round, right? Isaiah Hodgins struggling with soft tissue injuries and, you know, what all that we heard about his rookie season or his rookie, you know, uh, that, that season off season coming into his rookie season was how he was the best looking wide receiver on the team that they had brought in, you know, better than even Gabriel Davis. And then you see what Gabriel Davis becomes. And clearly the leap is, well, is Isaiah Hodgins better than that? That's not what we're saying. So please don't get the wrong idea. We're not saying that like, if we can get Isaiah Hodgins on the field, he's going to be better than Gabriel Davis, but it makes you wonder like, how good is he? When, when when the staff and the reporters and the media and everybody's everybody's freaking out about how good this kid is, best 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 kid like in camp, it makes you wonder how good can he be? How good can he be? And I want to know. And then as you're working through all of this stuff, you get to the point of well, if they keep a surprise player, who goes? Because you you have this in your mind, and Jay Spence and I talked about it thir uh, Wednesday. You have it in your mind that McKenzie and Kumaro are locks on this football team. So if McKenzie and Kumaro are locks, now we're at five. I'm going to just jump out on a limb here. Barring an injury, Khalil Shakir is a lock to make this football team. I haven't even seen him play yet. 
but I can pretty much guarantee you that the Bills are not going to risk putting him on the practice squad. There's six. We're at six. That leaves some guys that I'm really interested in that have an interesting story that leaves them on the outside to include Tavon Austin. So what happens if the Bills decide we need to have a punt return specialist? We cannot continue to do what if Coach Smiley, who's the new special teams coordinator, is like, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not jerking around with these experiments any longer. We had Andre Roberts, and Andre Roberts was the man. And then we decided that we didn't want to pay Andre Roberts for whatever reason. This is Smiley talking to McDermott and Bean. And then we went into this thing last year, kind of like, oh, let's throw a bunch of darts at the wall. And that's literally what they did based off of a, a football game against Miami the year before. The last game of the season. And people got benched. <laughs> people took to Twitter. <laughs> players took to Twitter. Other players didn't like, I don't know. They just, it just, and then you end up with last game of the season, most important game of the season, Micah Hyde returning punts. Huh. And you start to wonder is, Tavon Austin, not a lock, but is Tavon Austin, does he have a good chance of making this roster? And if he makes this roster, who's going? What happens if Isaiah Hodgins comes into camp and comes into preseason and lights it up? You know, I as much as... I've been accused of being a fanboy for Isaiah and it's probably true. I'm trying, I try to be as objective as I possibly can. This is what I would tell you. He's been on this football team for three years. He's been on this football team as a wide receiver in one of the, if not the toughest offensive scheme in the NFL for three years. Tavon Austin said it last week. This is the hardest offense I've ever seen. He came from the Rams. Remember, this is the hardest offense I've ever seen. Isaiah Hodgins has been in this offense for three years. He has told me from his own mouth that he knows every wide receiver position, all of their plays, the X, Y, and the Z. He knows them all. Probably makes sense because he spends his time studying because his, he lost his rookie season. He lost you know a little bit of last season. So if there's somebody that's got a leg up, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to like, I'm not, I guess I am trying to build uh, anxiety, not anxiety, tension. I'm trying to build a storyline around this wide receiver group. I am trying to build that. I'm not trying to fabricate. I'm not trying to make it up. Like there's some legitimate storylines here within this wide receiver room. What happens if Isaiah Hodgins comes in and he flashes his rookie season, like before the season self, when he was still injured with that shoulder. Now he's fully healthy. And he puts a decision in front of the Buffalo Bills. So I'm, I'm still on my first point for mini, mini camp opening up this week. I'm, I'm really excited just to kind of see what we see or what we hear from the media in regards to this wide receiver room. There's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot to kind of be tuned into. I got to move on because I got a lot I want to say about Jordan Boyer. Again, everybody, you are tuned into the overreaction Buffalo sports show brought to you by the market dominator on the Buffalo rumblings podcast network. So good to have every single one of you. 
uh, for those of you that uh, joined me a little bit a little bit late, uh, yeah, we're just talking mini camp. We're talking good stuff, fun stuff. Actual football is going to be actually happening sooner than later, as long as we don't wish away our summer. Sooner than later, kind of starting this week as mandatory team activities. Everybody's going to be in town. We expect we'll talk about the one that might the wild card in a second. Number two, point number two this week, Matareza. The punt god. Uh punting and holding. I'm excited to kind of see where that goes. You know, when you when the Bills draft a kid sixth over like in the sixth round to punt, much like they drafted Tyler Bass, you have to somebody asked me today, do you think Matt it might have been team? Do you think Matt Eraser, the punt god, is gonna make the team? And for me, yes, <laughs> he's going to get uh every beyond opportunity to make this football team, in my opinion. Uh He's never held before, for those of you that may not know his story. Uh, in college, he was a punter and a place kicker, so he's never held. And the way that kind of like the 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 just the the CBA goes and the the time that the players have to be on the field and are only allowed to be on the field, you really can't have a backup quarterback, you know, hold for a kicker anymore the way that they used to do in the olden days. So nowadays the punter is that guy. My guess is is he's got decent enough hands with some practice, that this is something that he can do. Um, I can assure you that the team isn't necessarily overly concerned about it either. Matt Areza, in my opinion, makes this football team. That doesn't mean that I don't want to see what he can do, right? I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested in knowing about offensive line rotations this week. We saw Tommy Doyle playing guard, which to me is, I've stood next to Tommy Doyle. That's a big man, bigger than Spencer Brown. And I've stood next to Spencer Brown. <laughs> That's a big dude. Like, I'm interested to see what they're going to do on that offensive line because, for me, the cure-all to this offensive line and kind of the the big gasp and sigh of relief was Ryan Bates, Ryan Rick Bates, finally getting in a football game and being the best left guard we'd had on this football team since Richie Incognito played. <laughs> like, I'm, ex- I'm between Roger Saffold coming in and some of these other new guys, and then just this surprise Tommy Doyle thrown in at guard, the biggest offensive lineman we have, I'm interested in seeing just kind of what some of these offensive line rotations are. Because you got to think that this is the last experiment, right, before training camp. This is the last, hey, what do we want to see? Before we start really making plans for training camp, what do we want to see? I'm excited about these offensive line rotations. Defensive line rotations. I'm excited to see that too. There's a lot of new guys. The, the Bills, as we talked about, I think it was last week, jettisoned seven defensive linemen or something like that and brought in six new ones. There's a lot of good talent on this football team, and that defensive line should be better. <laughs> oh, by the way, Von Miller is on this football team, which I still got to get my jersey, jersey for life. Hashtag jersey for life. But, but, the, the the defensive line rotations and just kind of what they're doing there is going to be interesting. I'm interested a lot about Boogie Basham, who g- gained weight last season in his rookie year and played heavier. What was it, 15, 20 pounds heavier in his rookie season than he did in college? And a reporter asked him, I think somebody asked him, you know, why did why'd you gain all that weight? And he was like, I don't know. And I think I legitimately believe the Bills expected to play him kind of inside a little bit like we saw. And I think that's why they put the weight on him. Clearly, players play different. John Fina, we've all heard John Fina talk about. There's optimal weights and weights that, you know, sometimes you can be too light. AJ Vanessa. Sometimes you can be too heavy. 
And there is like kind of a, a target weight for players. And my guess is, is they feel that Boogie's target weight might be light, lighter, which is going back to, or he's closer to his college weight now. But the big one and the one that we're going to talk about for the remainder of this program, which and I said this to T. Estelle, hopefully I'll get you guys out of here in a couple of minutes. <laughs> Famous last word. I'm like a preacher. If you've ever been to church where the preacher's like in closing <laughs> and then 45 minutes later, he's finally done. That's kind of like what I do to you guys. And I apologize. It's never intentional. I just get kind of on a rant or in a rabbit trail. And then I have to come back to the point. But luckily I have notes. And because if I didn't have notes, this thing would be, you guys would get a good feeling for what life is like with my wife or for, or for my wife <laughs> being married to me. But we're going to finish this program up talking about Jordan Poyer because he is the, it's, is there, is there a member of Bill's Mafia? The answer is no. I'm going to give you the answer now. The answer is no. There is there a member of Bill's Mafia that doesn't love Jordan Poyer? And, and I think it's absolutely tremendous when you consider. Six, seven years ago, eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, when all Bill's Mafia wanted out of the next couple of years outside of please can we be good and go to the playoffs was is there any way that we can make sure or assure that Kyle Williams and Eric Wood retire Buffalo Bills? I mean, we were already having ceremonies and planning ceremonies for Kyle Williams to go on the Wall of Fame before he retired. Eric Wood was robbed from us a couple of years early due to a neck injury. But but him as well, beloved players, Eric Wood, Kyle Williams. And, and for all intents and purposes, you know, our team is back then is not very good. We don't have a quarterback and or we got one or we're always baited with thinking that our quarterback's okay and our defense shows up. At one point in time, we had like this crazy monstrous defense and the offense sucked. And when the offense was, or when the defense was great, the offense was bad. Mario Williams and those guys. And when the offense was great at times with Ryan Fitzpatrick or whoever, the defense was bad. Tyrod Taylor, the offense was good. And then Rex Ryan destroyed that defense. Like it was just always to go back and forth. And you begin to think of like long-term, can we just please figure out a way to get Eric Wood and Kyle Williams to retire Buffalo Bills? I don't ever want to see those guys in another jersey. Nobody wanted to come to Buffalo. You, you all know these stories. And I'm going somewhere with all this. And now we live in a totally different space as far as, as Bills fans. And, and a lot of that is because of success. Success breeds that. But it's not just success. A big part of that is culture. Something that a lot of radio stations and people on radio stations don't believe exists <laughs> culture, but culture is a very real thing because there's a lot of very good football teams, the Rams who just won a super bowl and are the favorites in the NFC to repeat. And what does their star defensive end do? He leaves to come to Buffalo. So winning is not the only thing that keeps a player in a city. It's probably one of the smaller things, you know, it, well, it's the money, Joe. Well, the Rams were getting ready to pay. They, I think they reached back to Vaughn and said, whatever they're paying, you tell us we'll match it. Come home, come back to LA. Winning is not the only thing. There's a culture here and where I'm going with all of this, as it pertains to Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde is now we've got guys 
on this football team, a part of this franchise that want to retire Buffalo Bills. The first person that I heard say it was last summer when I had Reed Ferguson on the program. And he said, I want to retire a Buffalo Bill. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> You've got like six, seven, eight years left to play. You want to retire a Bill? He goes, I want to retire a Buffalo Bill. Stephon Diggs signs his, his contract extension. What does he say? I want to re- The Bills have provided me an opportunity to retire a Buffalo Bill. Josh Allen doesn't want to play anyplace else. He wants to retire a Buffalo Bill. Mitch Morse has said, I want to retire a Buffalo Bill. Wildest dreams land. Can somebody in the comments section hashtag for me wildest dreams land? And I would challenge every one of your thoughts as it pertains to Jordan Poyer. I want to see Jordan Poyer retire a Buffalo Bill. All of that to say that I want to see Jordan Poyer retire a Buffalo Bill. Let me tell you something. A a content creator is only worth his story. (laughs) So if I just had said, I want to see Jordan Poyer retire a Buffalo Bill at the top of that, it would nowhere near have been as compelling as if I told you that entire story. That entire story was to tell you that I want to see Jordan Poyer retire a Buffalo Bill. There it is. Sacks of Dave. I was thinking about you the other day, Dave. Good to have you part of the show. Appreciate you. Jordan Poyer. What is his status going to be for minicamp? So Jordan Poyer. So for those of you that have not been made aware, are not necessarily a part of the conversation or haven't necessarily... What's the word? Uh, been up to speed, which is normal and natural. It's the offseason. I don't necessarily expect everybody to be, you know, hanging on every single waking moment of the Buffalo Bills. Jordan Poyer has uh, signed with Drew Ro- Rosenhaus and made it very clear to the Buffalo Bills. He's got one year left on his contract that he wants a contract extension. Effectively, it came down to everybody else is getting paid. I was first team all pro, which is a huge accomplishment. Huge accomplishment. Dave Thorpe says late, 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 late night appearance. Yes. All the way from England. <laughs> Robbie says, wild the streams land. Um, Oh, got another one there from T. Um, he may, he, he has made it apparent to the Buffalo bills or he's made it. He's put it out there that he wants a contract extension. My guess is, is he wants to, you know, if, if he signs a two year contract extension, and they include this, or they don't include this year. That puts them at three years out, which is, you know, three more years at that point in time. You're looking at retirement land or retirement point for him. He has not been showing up to any of the voluntary OTAs. And I don't know what's going to happen, but my expectation is, is that Jordan Poyer is going to show up for mandatory minicamp. It's just my expectation. Have I seen some things? Yes. Have I read some things? Yes. Have I heard or overheard some things? Yes. I have a pretty good feeling Jordan is going to show up this week for mandatory minicamps. Is is he going to practice? I don't know. T and I were talking about that today. T and I were talking about, you know, if, if he shows up for mandatory minicamp but doesn't practice, does he still get fined? Like, if he didn't show up? And I, I don't know the answers to these questions. I'm sure that he could come in and be like, <laughs> I wish you guys were all on YouTube right now or I'm watching me live. So all the podcasts are going to miss. I, I'm sure there's a chance that he could come in and be like, oh, my arm, <laughs> my arm hurts and not have to practice and not really be interested. Right. So I don't know, but I fully expect Jordan to be Jordan wants to be on this football team. Jordan wants to play football in Buffalo. This isn't a situation where, 
if you don't give me my money, I'm leaving and I'm better than this. And yeah, like Jordan is not that guy. This is not what the situation is. Jordan just wants to cash out one last time before it's curtain time, curtain call. And you can't blame him. Especially when he's played as well as he has. Well, how ha how well has he played? I'm going to give you those stats here in a minute. But conversely, on the Buffalo Bills side of it, it's becoming increasingly difficult. Five, I did a program about six, seven weeks ago called Four Men Enter, One Man Leaves. We got four people coming up for contracts, not including Devin Singletary. Guys that are ex extremely important to this roster in Tremaine Edmonds, Dawson Knox, Ed Oliver, Jordan Poyer. And oh, by the way, Devin Singletary. So we could just call it five men enter, and one or two of those guys potentially, maybe, aren't going to be on this football team. So who? You got to start picking. I would put that in your lap, Bills Mafia. Who, when you hear those names, Tremaine Edmonds, Dawson Knox, Ed Oliver, Jordan Poyer, Devin Singletary, if you had to lose two of those guys, one of them is easy, right? We just drafted James Cook. If he amounts to what we hope that he's going to amount to, Devin Singletary, as much as we love him, Moving on kind of makes sense if James Cook somehow turns into a number one an RB, a number one running back, a, an RB1 for this football team, like his brother is Dalvin. So then it turns into you got Tremaine Edmonds, Dawson Knox, Ed Oliver, Jordan Poyer. Which one of those guys? If you got to lose one of those dudes, which one is it? The Buffalo Bills are currently at, or I should say the, the, the salary cap this year, not the Buffalo Bills. The salary cap right now is $208 million. It's expected to be two, uh, $225 million next year in 2023. The Bills right now, brass tax. this is what you want to know. The Buffalo Bills are projected to be at $228 million in 2023. A lot of 20 numbers in there. That means that if you do the, if you do the math or if you're not quick at math, if the cap is expected to be 225 in 2023 and they're currently projected to be at 228, the Bills are over the cap by $3 million, 2023. Not great. Now, I have a graphic for you. Well, who's making up that, that number? Who's making up all of those things? Well, if you're not live with me right now, then you're not seeing this graphic. But as it pertains to the salary cap, what I've given you is basically the big giant salaries for the Buffalo Bills for 2023. Josh Allen, his base salary is projected to be $27.5 million. That's his first non-rookie contract year. His cap hit is 39 million. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> We're finally home. <laughs> Stefan Diggs, his base salary is $7.9 million. His cap hit is 20.2. Von Miller, 1.3. His cap hit is 18.7. Tredavious White, 8.6. His cap hit is 15.6. Deion Dawkins, 8.8. .8. His cap hit is 13.4. Matt Milano, $9.2 million base salary. His cap is $13 million. Mitch Morse is 6.6. 11.2 is his cap hit. Micah Hyde, 5.3. His cap hit is 10. Ed Oliver is, that's, well, I think he's got his fifth-year option signed, but obviously he is one of the guys that they could potentially extend before his fifth year. We'll skip him. Taron Johnson, 5.5 is his base salary. 9.2 is his cap hit. Daquan Jones, 6.7 for 2023. Cap hit is 8.5. Tim Settle, 3 million. 4.9 is his cap hit. Ryan Rickbates, 3.9 is his salary. His cap hit is 4.8. So those are your major players in the cap hit category. Now, here's the thing before everybody gets scared. 
when you look at those numbers, and I just took it down, when you look at those numbers, every base salary you see can be converted to some sort of a signing bonus to create cap space. However, that is not beneficial to the team later on down the road. So it's not like the Bills can just be like, we're going to take Josh Allen's $27 million base salary, convert it to a signing bonus, and create $27 million in cap space. They can do that, but it's not beneficial to the team because they're just kicking the can down the road, kind of like what the U.S. government does, which we all know that that's not a good thing, even though they continually do it. So it turns into a strategy of sorts of which guy do you want to do that with, and it's probably a balance between you know, the, the, the deltas between the base salary number and the cap hit number, which one is closest? Where can we, you know, do we want to do that with a guy that's 5 million apart from his base salary and his cap hit like Micah Hyde versus a guy that's, you know, 12 million, Josh Allen, 27 to 39. All that to say this, so the Buffalo Bills are going to be in a situation where they're going to be able to create cap space. They're not by any stretch of the means or any stretch of the word in a situation where they're not going to be able to sign any of these guys. So it's not too much to be worried about, but they're going to have to do some funny math, some funny accounting to get it done. The interesting thing about all of this is how do you fit those guys in? And oh, by the way, they still have a rookie class they're going to have to bring in 2023. Oh, by the way, there's free agents that they're going to have to bring in in 2023. It's not too far from the work that they had to do in 2022. It's just not necessarily ideal. You'd like to be in a situation where you have a really good team and you've got a ton of cap space. But as we've seen over the last several years, when you have a really good team, guys want to get really paid. Jordan Poyer is just the next guy on that list that wants to get really paid, and you cannot necessarily blame him for that. I'm super chat from T. Estelle. Or I'm sorry, from Jessica Tennis. <laughs> sorry, I looked at one chat and looked at another just guy. I apologize. Super chat from Jessica, uh, Jessica Tennis. Jessica, thank you so much for being a part of the show. I appreciate you. TJ Watt did the new thing, holding in. Players are at camp, but not participating. Players have been doing it, so they are not fined or injured. So that, I think, answers the question. So Jessica Tennis is answering the question, Can that, that Tia Stell and I had. Can Jordan Poyer show up, not practice, and not get fined? So the answer is apparently yes. Unless by, for some strange reason, right? They, the Bills have some weird different rule, which I don't think they do. But let's real quick flip the script. We got a couple minutes left to talk about Jordan Poyer's stats. So we've talked about the Bills where they are cap-wise, right? And let's talk about Jordan Poyer's stats. So we all hate PFF unless they're talking good about the Bills, but generally, generally they haven't historically talked good about the Bills. But it's really the only grades that we have to go off of. So if we're talking about Jordan Poyer and his PFF ranks, his pro football focus ranks, 2017, he was an 86.4, which is good, by the way. Then he was a 68.4 in 18, not great, not bad, not great. 74.2 in 19, 75.2 in 20, 78.2 in 2021, his second best year since 2017, which also got him first team all pro honors. When you look at his stats in general as a Buffalo Bill, they're great. 95 tackles, 100 tackles, 107 tackles, 124 tackles, 93 tackles. Interceptions since 2017, 5, 4, 2, 2, 5. He's averaging somewhere between three and four interceptions a year. He's a quality football player. He is a, he is 
He is a very, very good safety in the NFL. He's ranked the fourth best all-around safety in the NFL as per PFF, which basically means it gets the pass and the run. The fourth best behind, believe it or not, I don't know who number one and number two are, but number three is Micah Hyde. How about that? Spot track, when you look at spot track and uh, just what, what he has going for him, as far as the guys that he kind of lines up with, Tyron Matthew is one of those guys. Tyron Matthew, for those of you that don't know, has left Kansas City. He is now with the New Orleans Saints. He signed a three-year, $28 million contract with a $9.5 million signing bonus. That is a contract I like, especially if it started this year. They included this next coming season. So you give Jordan three more years from this year, three years, $28 million, 9.5 to sign. That, to me, is doable. That, to me, should have been done already. Why why allow animosity to creep in? Why allow negative feelings and worth questions to creep in? If you have the ability to do it, and the Bills do, and there's a roadmap to it, do it. Jordan Poyer is an integral part of this defense. Could and, and the devil's advocate side of this devil's advocate says, could someone else come in and fill his spot? Is there somebody on this team? Demar Hamlin, Jaquan Johnson. Is there somebody on this team right now that could fill Jordan Poyer's spot and the bills not miss a beat or the fall off would be minimal? Maybe, maybe any, nothing is outside the realm of possibility. This is the difference between you and me and the staff. The staff is there with them every single day. They know what they've got in Jaquan Johnson. They know what they've got in Demar Hamlin. They've got scouts out there. They, you know, Brandon Bean can pick up the phone and be like, "Hey, Jordan Poyer's not happy because we have not offered him a new contract. What do the safety prospects look like in the second and third round next year? Is there a guy that we can draft next year that can come in and completely replace Jordan Poyer?" The scouts are going to respond with no, or they're going to say yes. (laughs) And these are the conversations we're not privy to. The funny part about it is as much as you and I are looking forward to 2022 and week one against the Rams, the Buffalo Bills, Brandon Bean and his scouting staff are looking at 2023 already. We don't necessarily have those answers. Can somebody come in and fill his spot? Is there somebody on this team that could fill his spot? Maybe. I don't have that answer. Maybe not. Jordan Poyer is a leader on this football team. He's a vocal member and he's a team captain. How bad do you want to find out if if he's easily replaceable? How bad do you want to find out? I don't want to find out. I don't want to rock the boat. I I don't want to take away one of the best safety duos in the NFL. I don't want to remove an opportunity to stay good at a very, very, very important position when, or position group, when you are constantly playing the likes of Patrick Mahomes and right, Justin Herbert, and, and, and you're going to see Joe, we're going to see Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow every single year, every single year. Now is not the time to find out just how far we can tip that rowboat before we start taking on water, especially when, you know, not that Jordan Poyer would sit out the season, but especially in a year when Tredavious White is not going to start the season. 
Amanda says, Poyer is elite. Indeed. If you're if you're considered the fourth best, one, two, three, four, fourth best safety, all-around safety in the NFL that anybody could sign and have on your football team, you're elite. Top five, in my opinion, would make you elite. The Bills have two of them, three and four, Micah Hyde, Jordan Boyer. Sign him. Call him tomorrow and say, Jordan, I know you're coming to Buffalo. Jordan, this is Brandon Bean. I know you're coming to Buffalo because that's you're just a stand-up guy and you're really, really awesome. This is what we want to do. We want to give you a three-year contract that actually starts this year. So an extension of two years, three years total. And it's going to match, mirror, or be just slightly above the Tyron Matthew deal. We want you to retire a Buffalo Bill. Maybe someday have your name on the Wall of Fame. What do you think? Jordan signs that contract in a second. Jordan sends that contract in a second. And the rest of us are happy, right? I mean, come on. What are we talking about? Get it done. Brandon Bean, get it done. <laughs> get it done. I don't know how, but somehow I lost my banner. There it is. I don't know what I clicked. I clicked something and lost my banner for the show. My apologies to John Spaschek, the show sponsor. Did not do that on purpose, John. I apologize. So you know now what is going on and what the newsworthy stories are, in my opinion, for minicamp, mandatory minicamp that starts on Tuesday. A lot of good storylines, a lot of good things to pay attention to, a lot of things to be looking forward to as far as press conferences go and reports from Bill's Beat guys, Sal Capaccio, Matt Perino, all those guys that we love. Um, Jordan Poyer is the biggest story, clearly, just because of the situation. It is this content creator who you know, is not paid by the Buffalo Bills or any major outlet. It's I'm of the opinion, as is Jay Spence, the King, clearly that Jordan Poyer should be on this football team. And I think the majority of you guys agree. So in the end, we just want to get it done. We just want to get it done. But with that, we have reached almost the one hour mark. And I am so overwhelmingly thankful for every single one of you that have hung out with me during this show. It is it's totally incredible to think that in June, Two months before the season, three months before, 88 days, Dawson Knox days before the season starts, that so many of you hang out with me live to listen to me yap on about the Buffalo Bills. But I appreciate you. I love you. Um, so thankful for, as we started at the top of the show, how many of you I've connected with and met. Very much looking forward to the, you know, who I get to meet this off season, or I should say at the beginning of this season, home opener week or training camp or whatever. Just looking forward to all of it. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned in to the Overreaction Buffalo Sports Show brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Vodcast Network. I'm your host, the voice of the Overreaction Buffalo Sports Show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Here's what's up. If you're not following me already, please do follow me and please do not be shy. Interact with me. I love the chat. I love the chat. Buffalo Bills. I just love to interact with everybody that I can possibly interact with. Appreciate every single one of you. But for me, for Buffalo Rumblings, appreciate you. Oh, real quick. Uh, so what? Uh, Sterling is off until the season starts, so there's no show tomorrow, Monday. Tuesday, Code of Conduct, Jay Spencer King. Wednesday should be the hot, Humpty Hotline. Thursday, Jay, uh, Jay Colt Schroeder uh, with the Buffalo Nerd. And then Friday, obviously, uh, is going to bring back or, uh, Food for Thought with Nate Geary and uh, Bruce Nolan. 
And then I'm toying with the idea of making my time to shine call-in show from Saturdays actually part of my post-game show. So give that some thought. I'd love to know what you guys think. So shoot me a shoot me a message on Twitter or just tweet at me. Uh, if I did the post-game show like I always have, and I included or incorporated a call-in segment, right, like I did with Time to Shine, where I put the link out there and you get, would get the opportunity to come on live with me to have a conversation about whatever just happened in the football game, post-game, keep in mind, five or six of these games, it's going to be 2 o'clock in the morning or 1 o'clock in the morning because they're prime time. But I'm toying with the idea of doing a live call-in show. So that's a secret. So don't tell any other content creators because I don't want anybody stealing my idea. But I'm thinking about doing that. So shoot me a message. Let me know what you think about that idea. If you'd be down with that, if you'd be interested in coming on with me live, it'd be just like the radio. People call in, whatever. But uh, for me, for Buffalo Rumblings, for the Buffalo Bills, I appreciate all of you guys. Love you guys. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Uh, Two weeks, the 26th, I got Jerry Ostrowski coming on the program. And then I'm going to take a little break. I'm probably going to take July off. So Jerry Ostrowski, next week, I don't know what's happening yet. 26th, Jerry Ostrowski, then I'm going to take a July off. We'll be back for training camp, all that good stuff. Uh, but for, yeah, for me, for everybody, for my family, for Grills Mafia, love you guys. Talk to you soon. Go Bills. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.